This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to Back of the Nest. My name's Chris Hambling and I'm your host today. And I'm joined by Nicholas Gillard Patrick O'Connor. Those two gentlemen will be helping me look back at Palace's fantastic 4-0 FA Cup quarter-final victory against Frank Lampard's Everton. Right, first up, hi Nick. Hello, how you doing? I'm all right. We're doing things a little bit old school this week. I've um, I didn't go straight into the chat from the intro. Uh, and I've individually talking to you and, and Patrick because we haven't got a show planned, so I haven't reminded myself that we changed how we do things. Um, yeah, so thoughts? I was. I'm sorry. I was just looking up while you were doing that. If there are anagrams of Frank Lampard, and mm. the best one is Park Farmland, which is quite Park frankly Farmland. rubbish. Oh, Almost as bad as Everton. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well. There's definitely Lank in there, isn't there? So um, it's got to be something you could do with that. Yeah, I wonder if it's got a middle name. I mean, who calls their kid the same name as them? I mean... (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Frank Lampard. Who's your dad? Oh, Frank Lampard. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, isn't it? They've got, you know, it it saves having to remember two things, right? Yeah. You you only have to remember your own name, and then you've automatically remembered your kid's name. You'll think of it that way. It's efficiency. Do you reckon his um, mum's a Francophile? Hmm. Hmm. I see what you've done there. I need to think about that. Hi, uh, Patrick. How are you? Hello. So I'm going to jump in. My dad mm. knew Frank Lampard Sr. because Frank Lampard Sr. was my brother's youth coach. And uh, we're innocent with him. So I'm not surprised he named his son Frank because he's a bit of an egomaniac, Frank Sr. Really? Well, there you yes. go. Straight. Yes. Direct facts for you right there. I never do that. Thank you, Patrick. (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Patrick. Of course, he's got five children, all called Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) No, two children, none named Patrick. (laughs) What's ironic is me and you know that that is his name, Chris. So. Yeah, well, yeah, well, I'm, I'm certainly not going to comment on that. Yeah, that's really not my my real name, but yeah, we're not going to go there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, uh, fantastic to speak to you both. Um, you know, it's um, it's 
yeah, it's it's not going to be a particularly well structured podcast today, but it is going to be a podcast, and I can promise you that. Um, so before we get into talking about what was a fantastic game of football, um, just pretty much an hour before we started recording came the news that Tyreek Mitchell uh, has been called up to the England squad. Obviously, a couple of injuries have happened in the squad since it was announced, and I, I, I think a few people are aware that, that Tyreek was on standby. Uh, and it's he and Kyle Walker-Peters who've been called up. Um, thought it was odd that he didn't get in there in the first place because there's a distinct lack of left-backs in there. I think it was Luke Shaw and nobody else, but um, with a couple of others that can play there, maybe. Because um, Saka can play there, of course. And uh, or one, or, one or two of the um, the centre-backs can play left side as well, can't they? But anyway, um, you know, Tyreek getting recognition never appeared in the you know any of the England youth teams up to 21 level, so... At 22 years of age, getting that call. Um, I mean, first of all, it's richly deserved. You know, he's really kicked on. Um, so you go back to, and obviously, you know, Nick Patrick, you'll get your opportunity to say what you think about it. But I, you know, I, I just really want to go back to the the kind of moment we first saw him. Um, well, I first saw him for, for certain, certainly was in a preseason friendly. I think it was Dulwich or something like that. Um, or was it might not even be pre-season? I'm struggling. It's when we, we randomly played Dulwich at some point and, and got to see Tariq play left-back. And, you know, at the time it was like, oh, wow, you know, he's got potential, this kid. And we were thinking, you know, Wan-Bissaka on the right and Mitchell on the left. And I think he picked up a, a couple of injuries that, that slowed his progress a bit. We didn't see him for a while. But, you know, since he's got in and made that, that spot his own, he's just getting better every game. And um, this is absolutely deserved you've seen how he's performed against some really good players and I think that game against Man City um, where you know he he shut down an incredible amount of of talent they they just could not get by him and you know that would have done him the world of good uh, you know with watching um, you know England scouts and, and an England manager at one point so you know fantastic for the club fantastic for him uh, and a massive talent. So, Patrick, why don't you start um, and, um, and and give us your views? Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, everybody knows how much I love the fact that, uh, you know, youth team players get a chance to play. Again, again and funny enough, just like Juan Basaki got his chance when uh, a player was injured, when PBA was injured. I guess that was back in the July during the pandemic, and he came on, I guess it was um the Leicester. Came on the Leicester sub, I guess it was. Got to play a little bit there, and that was great. Um Really happy. I mean, to imagine. I mean, I mean, Nick and I are old, so I'll say it right from the top. But imagine having three Palace players in an England squad. I mean, that's got to be. I mean, that goes back to obviously a couple of days. I'm thinking what and, uh, Andy Gray, Jeff Thomas, and Ian Wright might have been in the same squad at some point. But uh, definitely, definitely Thomas Salako and Gray. Salako, right? Yeah. Ian Wright as well, and, and I don't know if Nigel Martin because Nigel Martin got some caps in '92, so I don't know whether. How much they all overlap, but possibly in the same squad we had five players who played for England, which is unprecedented. Yeah, because I mean, even when I was a kid, I remember you know Sanson was in the youth team, was in the youth team, but none of them were playing. You know, Sanson went on to play for England, obviously, when he was a passing at Arsenal. But it's amazing; it's just, it's just a great time to be a Palace fan. And we can get into everything. I watched the interview just now with uh, Chris Grierson. I don't know why he's at the stadium interviewing Tyreek Mitchell by the way today, but anyway, he's at the stadium and he was talking about he's actually from Brent. <laughs> Which is right outside of Wembley, so his mum's really excited yeah. and everything. It's just, I mean, it's a great time. Love it. I'm happy for the kid. Really happy for the club, and you know, just happy days. Honestly, mm. good for him. 
I'm hoping, and I'm not saying it's going to happen because we've got Luke Shaw in the team, but wouldn't you love to see Tyrick against Wilf? When <laughs> yeah. they, um, oh, wow. That'd be playing the Cote d'Ivoire. <laughs> um, yeah, it'd be hilarious. Quick question um, for you. Who is yeah. Palace's okay. most capped player? There are two answers. Do you mean capped internationally or do you mean England caps? England caps. Just, uh, just England? England, yes. As in, mm, well, as in number of caps whilst playing for Palace. I think right. so. I'm looking at EnglandStats.com here, and it's saying <laughs> how many caps they've got. So. Okay, because because if it was caps whilst they played for England, I think it's Jeff Thomas with nine. Yep, um, correct. Oh, there you go. Nailed it. Um, Nailed it. But yeah, obviously people like Gary Cahill coming and playing here, and Ray Wilkins and people like that. Yeah, see, so not, not on the list. Paper. The other one that says nine on this list uh, is Kenny Sanson. Mm. Kenny, yeah, definitely one. Yep, definitely Kenny, yeah. And we've had two players in the third division played for England. One of them was Johnny Byrne, the other one, Patrick? Peter Taylor. Yep. Yeah, he went on to a great managerial career, apparently. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know you something. I'll say it again. Peter Taylor was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant player. But as a manager, he just killed his reputation. It so <laughs> it's a shame. It really is a shame, seriously. Yeah, it was an, it was it was odd his fall from grace, and I and I can remember as well when he took over. Didn't you think? Like, I think we had a couple of games where before he really got his teeth into the team, where <laughs> right. we actually played pretty well. Yep. And you're like, okay, <laughs> not bad. Okay, proper manager this time. You know, yeah, this is going to go really, really well. Uh, no problems at all. And then you know, it just it went so so wrong, didn't it? Um, but yeah, um, was it Trevor Francis before him? It might have been Trevor Francis. Another, uh, again, another great player who was a terrible manager, seriously. Yeah. A great, great player who was an awful manager. It's a shame. Like Frank Lampard. I mean, we nearly had him. Can, <laughs> can you imagine what we'd have been like if we had Frank Lampard as manager? No, no. Let's not go there. But, you know, it, it came so close to it being well, that way. I think that's a good uh, segue, Nick, into the, uh, into the game, isn't it? Because... Um, Interesting. It was it was a it was a very interesting start. I mean, we can talk about the, the lineup and things like that, but you know, we talk about the start of the game. We, you know, we were under a lot of pressure, so you could quite clearly see the one tactical bit of work that they'd done was put them under pressure right from the off because they're gonna. We, you know, you know, you know what we're gonna do. We can we're gonna pass it around. We're used to having relatively. Um, you know, a relatively decent amount of time to play at, you know, a fairly sedate pace around the back at times. We do, don't we? You know, um, try and get it onto like a good angle for Anderson to play a diagonal or try and work our way up the pitch in a methodical and sensible way. So the teams that come and press us uh, at pace um, can force mistakes, can, you know, can force us to play a bit quicker and a bit longer because, you know, we're not, we're not, the perfect, um, you know, possession-based team. We're, we're not, we're not there yet. We're we're in our first season of doing this, so sometimes mistakes creep in, right? So it seems like a good, good thing to do, and it and they came out of the blocks really quickly, just like as that was as hard a um, opening to a game that I've seen in a long while, just purely based on the pace that Everton played at. But I just, I thought, I was thinking at the time that if they don't score, they're in trouble because you can't sustain that and you're going to leave so, so many gaps. Our first comment in the, uh, in the Homestar Block F where I was, was, they're meant to be rubbish. 
and that was like the first 10 minutes. But it was only when Townsend got injured. That actually, mm. do, do you think during that, that period when Townsend were down, play, uh, players were individually going up to uh, uh, the as well, Mr Vieira, and uh, do you think tactics were passed across then or not? Undoubtedly, and, and Patrick would know a fair amount about this, but undoubtedly it was that the centre of midfield for sure, right, Patrick? Yeah, 100%. I mean, if you get a, a, an opportunity like that to talk to your players when things aren't going well, you're going to tell them something different. So I think one thing we tried to do was go more direct. I don't think we play as much in the back, even though I know the first 60 minutes, the most touches in the back were from our back three of our back four, which were Mitchell, Gehi, and Anderson. But we really tried to go a little bit more direct after that. Again, the only tactic Everton had was to press us and, and, and harass us. And once they couldn't do that, and mm. I think, again, I thought Andrews got off the really good start going against Tyreek, and I think his injury was really big. Not him just being out of the game, but also, like you just said, getting a chance to talk to the players. Uh, we got hold of the midfield because um, their midfield yesterday was very weak. Allen couldn't play, so they had, obviously, Anthony Gorda to go in there. Not really a central midfielder. Um... Gomez didn't have a good game yesterday. The Corey kind of stood around and did nothing all game. And then Keate, yeah. Keate, Eze, and um, Gallagher just started to dominate in that midfield. Once we had the midfield, we were we were we were rolling. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. The Corey shocks me at times. Yeah, he's a tremendous player, yeah. but but he just goes missing in in games, doesn't he? That's why he's not he's not really kicked on. They spent a lot of money on him. Yeah, um, he was extremely. I, I got. I, I know a Watford fan pretty well, unfortunately. <laughs> and, uh, nah, he's a nice guy. Um, and he, and despite mispronouncing Decore to an incredible level, he was a. You know, he's a big fan of his, and, and was really sad when he left. But I always thought the same when when I saw him play. It was just there's too much of the game that passes him by. He kind of he has the talent. You remember, and, and I hate to disrespect him a little bit but you know with Ambrose yeah he was a bit like that that type of player where you know what you're going to get and it's going to be for you know 15 20 minutes in a game in total Mm -hmm. over 90 minutes and it's and it was always enough with with Ambrose but the Kuro plays in a different area and and, you know needs to do a lot more there doesn't he so yeah we definitely benefited from um from their issues in the center of midfield but I think we benefited from the, the naivety that they went with as well. I think they thought they could steamroller us. And, you know, you look at the end result, we steamrolled them. Um, but that, you, you know, picking that out, Nick, you know, in the comments there, Patrick, spot on. That was the key moment in the game. The injury gave us enough time to assess what was going on and just make that tiny little adjustment to get around it. And, you know, but that's... Um, I guess that's one of the most refreshing things that we see, right? Under under Patrick Vieira, we have a we you know we have a setup that that changes game to game and and also changes moment to moment in matches. Patrick, let's talk about that now. How refreshing is that? Seriously, and again, I'm not going to get on at Hodgson, but seriously, mm-hmm. I mean, people got on Vieira in the beginning of the season, and you have to understand, he'd, you know, he'd been out of work for a while. You know, he's been in New York and Nice and stuff like that, but. He's been studying stuff at Man City, and he can tactically change things. And I know people were upset in the beginning of the season. Well, not us, but other people looking at him. Oh, you know, we're doing this and the other. But just noticing of late, especially, you know, the last like three or four matches, like really three different kind of games, the Wolves, City, and then yesterday's game. But he's able to make changes tactically, you know, during the game. He's made subs at the right time that have really helped. And you're right. Yesterday, man, making that you know, just making that adjustment in the midfield and starting to dominate was such a big, such a big difference. And then again, his 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 use of Eze, we'll get to later on. But Eze coming into that 
into that team yesterday. Just added a little, you know, freshened it up a little bit. To see him and Gallagher together is very, very exciting the rest of the season. It really is. Even though I could argue, like I've been arguing with DR, that, you know, honestly, Mac and Hughes have nothing to get dropped, but I understand why people are, are going to pine for Eze. But we've used Eze now at the right time. The confidence is way up now going into international break. And I just think that Vieira has done such a great job tactically to change things up. And I'm, it's just, I mean, I'm, he's just been, to me, he's been, he's been so, so good this year. He really has. Uh, back of the list launched a Discord chat type thing, which I had no clue what it was until I got into it. And um, a few people have actually said about as a uh, P Rose said, "Can we take a minute to appreciate Ebbs from yesterday? We all know yeah. what he offers going forward, but the other facets of his game were so impressive. Putting yeah. some real shifts defensively, was moving off the ball to create outlets. Very, very happy for him." Uh, so yeah, there's that, and yeah, he did. He's he's mm. fighting for well, his place. That's what we want. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, as you say, Patrick, and, and as you're kind of hinting at there, Nick, it's it's not just about um, you know the the talent that Eze undoubtedly has. I think sometimes a manager who who knows better than the player and better than the fans is refreshing as well. <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? Because the player's always going to want to play, right? right? The player's always going to want to play. We know what Eze did last year. And we all we all want him in the team playing like that because all we can think about probably as we're all going to sleep at night is what would ha- what would happen if Eze was in top form the same day Zaha was on top form the <laughs> right. same day Elise was on top yeah. form the same day Gallagher was on top form and uh, well how let, let's check Mateta in there a, as well at the moment I'm just, just thinking like... of you in that meme <laughs> like that you know the one I made as he goes to sleep I, at night yeah. and your girlfriend singing I wonder what he's thinking about. Yeah, I wonder what you're thinking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that, and you can, yeah, I am, I am that meme at the moment. Yeah. Um, but you know what I mean. That's that's where our brain is. But it, you know, somebody who's been out that long, you know, it's a long, it's a big, big ask for their body to be up to the sort of physicality. But it's more the mentality. You know, I suppose if you're if you're managing him the right way, and you create this kind of almost intense desire to, to you know, he's, he's gotten to the point of frustration hasn't he you know he's actually out and out annoyed the hell out of his eh? because you know the guy the guy just wants to play so you just have um, a, a situation where oh, sorry i just stepped on something i shouldn't have done um where you know the the kind of desire for Eze to get back in that side has kind of overcome any doubts that he would have had in his mind over whether or not he's fully over this injury, um, over whether or not he's going to be able to keep his place. It's kind of what you're saying that you know that that hunger to get back and be in the side week in week out is kind of it's almost the perfect time to bring him in, wasn't it? Yeah, and you've also got to say that the England squad was announced. Uh, the day he got injured and he was in it. And suddenly there's yeah. a couple of other Palace players in there. Uh, but Maya yeah. Spartan 35 has got a question for us uh, regarding Eze. He said, uh, Vieira mentioned that Eze showed him a lot yesterday in his post-game comments and that he needs games now to keep the consistency. Do the panel mm. think that with us being safe now that PV will begin to play Eze more consistently? I think, the, um, I think you can't really argue dropping him after that <laughs> after that performance could you um but i still think he needs to be managed um so he doesn't get injured again i think to me that's the bigger concern the, the bigger concern is just putting too much on him 
uh, too quickly because it's a nasty injury, right? It's um, you know, it's 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 a, it's a pretty pretty serious one, the Achilles, and coming back and doing things the wrong way is difficult. But but yeah, I would say yes, he's going to be more inclined to use him. Now, partly, it'll, I suppose you could argue partly because we're safe, but I, I genuinely don't think we've been thinking that way for some time now. Right. Um, I think it's all about putting as many points on the board as we possibly can uh, and pushing us high up that table. So you start looking at the games we have left. You know, would a midfield, you know, playing against, if I, if I pick, you know, pick the Arsenal game, you might probably play in the cup against Chelsea, but take the Arsenal game as, a, as an example. Um, and probably the last game against United as an example. Maybe in those games, I suppose Leicester, maybe in those games you don't play as a in favour of more of a, you know, a, a MacArthur type or a Hughes type in there to, to give you a little bit more bite in midfield. But certainly if you look at the fact that coming up or end of the season, we've got Newcastle in there, we've got Leeds in there, you've got Southampton, Watford and Villa, oh, yeah. other than the other the teams I mentioned, yeah. I think it's absolutely right. Those are teams that you can you can certainly give Eze the game time that he needs. Yeah, I agree. the The, the only thing I'm I'm thinking is I don't know, know exactly where Macker is. He was back and then he's not, and he's been injured quite a bit the last couple of mm. seasons. But Hughes has played really well. I don't see a reason to have to drop him. And but again, I think he had something going on the last couple of games where he, he was wasn't starting. But you figure Kriate mm. is set. You've got Gallagher, again, except for Chelsea, is pretty much set. Is Eze the third midfield again? Is it Maka? Is it Hughes? I and mean, the thing is, you have a lot of choices. And, and Hambo, you, you you nailed it. He's going to be on a game-by-game basis and based on who the opposition is because does he deserve to play? Absolutely. But then so does Maka when he's on form and so does Hughes. And again, I didn't mention him, but let's be honest, Schlupp hasn't been terrible the last few matches. You know, he was suspended yesterday. So I wouldn't say he has, deserves to get dropped. And we can argue about him because... He's like, you know, mm. people will say, well, why play Schlupp? But again, he was great against Wolves, decent against City. So again, it's a lot of riches there, which is great. But again, I think Eze is probably ready. But again, like you said, I, I trust Vieira to make the decision and to bring him on as slowly because again, that injury is tricky. You've got to be careful. Yeah, Chris, just going through the teams we've got to play. Uh, we're going to have a big impact possibly on who gets relegated, aren't we? You know, Newcastle, we are, yeah. Everton, Leeds, Watford. Uh, yeah. Surely we've got to play our best squads just to keep the league fair, as it were. Well, it's, yeah, absolutely right. But it's an odd, it's an odd situation to be in because you know, I think, and I might be wrong. People might actually get the the genuine facts out and tell me I'm wrong. But it feels like our run in the last few years has always been tough, and we've always been kind of like you know we've got to get the points on the board yeah. before the last five games or something Not like this that. Year. But not this year. We've we've done the hard work this year, um, and you've got to say if we can keep this momentum going. And you you look at our our run as well. It is it really is momentum. You know we have built up a hell of a run. Um, you know there's a there's a drop here and there, but if you look at the the you know we've we haven't been beat much this season, have we? Let's face it. Um, no, we've got to play the three teams that are currently above us, who we can all go above if we beat them. As well, which yeah, is interesting. So, yeah, but you know, also, you, again, you don't, yeah, but I'm sorry, also, this calendar, we've only lost to West Ham, Liverpool, and Chelsea. It's almost April, yeah, <laughs> and that's that is amazing. But you're right, you're right, Chris, yeah. we can definitely have a big say. And you know what, because of the FA Cup semi final, they're going to rearrange the Everton game, which was on the 16th. Put that in May. If we relegate Everton and Watford, I'll be very happy. 
<laughs> yeah, I just will absolutely be, right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, no, I get it. I think personally, I look at it and I think, you know, it's, I think Everton will climb and Leeds will drop. Um, that's how I feel at the moment. In- and I'd love Everton to go down. Interesting. But that's where I think it's heading. I just don't, I just, I, don't know, look I mean, at, look at the Leeds have just gone out. Go on, I'm just going to say Leeds have gone out and appointed Ted Lasso for some reason. So I don't really understand. <laughs> All right, I'm going to de- defend Jesse Marsh <laughs> because I know him from over here in the Red Bulls. He's a very good coach. Seriously, I know that Ted Lasso yeah. thing bothered him. And it, it's funny, but he's actually a decent coach. He's not the guy they had before. <laughs> just a bit of banter. I know. It is funny, though. Even he said it twice. Yeah. I like, like Ted Lasso in the, in the interview. So, yeah, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now he gets it. He does. Also, I, I love Ted Lasso. So. It's a his great name show. Was actually, his name was actually punting a bit, wasn't it, before uh, Vieira was uh, was appointed. Uh, I think it was a bit of a left-field choice for some. But yeah. Right. He's, uh, he's got that Red Bulls connection, which is good. He's got a very good Red Bull. He's been at three of the like three of the four teams he's, he's managed already. So, Red Bulls. No, I think but, all three. Um, Salzburg, Leipzig. No, and New York. Nice on all three, which is amazing. Yeah, so. But you know you're right. I mean, you know, looking ahead, we've got we've got a really interesting running, and you know who knows where we could end up. You start looking through that, and you got you start getting into the dream territory of just picking. Okay, we can beat Arsenal, even though they're doing really well. We can beat Leicester. We've done it lots. We can beat Newcastle. We can beat Leeds. We can beat Southampton. And all of a sudden, you've, you've won every game in, in April. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, fair enough. Well, right. We're going to win every Keep game in April. We're gonna yeah. we'll, beat, we'll beat Watford and Villa. And then it's last game, the game of the season. What United got to play for? Nothing. Nothing. They're yeah, useless. Exactly. So we'll smash them as well. And all of a sudden, we've won every game to the end of the season. We're in Europe, right? Let's yeah. <laughs> Europa Conference League. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Perfect. So I think we've sorted that one out. But back to the game, shall we? Because um, I want to... So yeah, we talked about the kind of the pivotal moment for sure, um, but in all in all that kind of opening energy and you know the the constant cliches about proper cup tie and all that kind of stuff that we had to endure, um, it was interesting to see that it was a set piece that that you know got us got us ahead in the game. The much maligned set piece, you know, we've had had plenty of opportunities this year where you know we've we've not looked strong from an attacking perspective and from a defensive perspective, we've looked incredibly suspect. Um, but that seems to be switching at the moment. And definitely a large part of that has got to be the delivery of Elise. I mean, he takes a fantastic corner. I mean, dead ball delivery crossing on the floor, on, on the run is, is, you know, he's just, you know, he's just a magician with the ball, isn't he? Let's face it. But you know they had a proper warning with the with the first corner he took, where it basically, it, you know I don't know what do you think Patrick was he actually shooting it, it pretty nearly went nearly went in I think he was you know I think he tried to catch Pickford at that near post and then you know the subsequent corner right into Gahey's head but you're right I mean uh, my biggest pet peeve in the last couple of years has been you know Luca on Luca on corners which has been you know can't beat the first man but getting at least say and even Gallagher. Not as good, but even Gallagher's are decent. Hughes has been pretty good this season. And it's been frustrating because I remember earlier in the season, I think it was like 113 corners we had had at one point. scored like one goal, the Tompkins goal all season. And now, obviously, Gahey getting this one. It's definitely getting better. And a team like us, you know, you've got to score set-piece goals. And that was a really big goal at a very important time of the game. It's interesting that the corners are being mixed up as well because I remember a second-half corner 
Um, it was almost spooned, so it went really high and a long arc to just beyond the far post as well. Uh, a little bit like uh, Elise's shot, to be perfectly honest, that led up to the third goal. But yeah, so it's good to see it mixed up a bit. Um, Frank Lampard's, what was his description of the first goal? Cooler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that that oh is. So, I mean, if you're an Everton no. fan, you've you've got to be worried about that post-match uh. interview, right? And he called the other, he called the second goal an average goal. And you're like, mate, <laughs> you scored a lot of average goals in your career, then, didn't you? Apparently, jeez. Um, you know, um, yeah. So he was clearly um, a bit shell shocked. Let's give him, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say he was a bit shell shocked after being smashed 4-0 at Celeste. But I'd um, say arrogant. I mean, the, arrogant is probably another one. Dismissive, um, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he's, um, you know, a little resentful that uh, that he didn't get the opportunity that, that Vieira got to come and manage Palace. But there you are. That's his, that's his lot. And, um, you know, I, I think there's certainly plenty of people who are on the Lampard train who, um, who jumped off that particular train quite some time ago um, and um, are now very much on the Vieira Express, shall we call it? That would do, wouldn't it? That's, That's very good, Chris. Of, yeah. You're wasted on this yeah. pod, I tell you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> good I know. stuff, good stuff. So, that's it, yeah. yeah. Thanks, everyone. And uh, yeah, uh, It's a good platform place. for you. Yeah. That's very good. Thanks. Well done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, um, amusing. I haven't got any other train puns um, to, to join you in that. Uh, you so, kind of hit the buffers, but carry on. Yeah, let me get this back on track. Hey. <laughs> Are you from here, Patrick? <laughs> Sorry? We were making train puns. Oh, no, I knew I'm not a pun. That's Nick's area expertise. With a rail against anybody. Right, okay, I've encouraged Nick and it's my own fault. And I <laughs> exactly. Let's move on. Exactly. So, look, the, the corner delivery onto the head of Gay was excellent. You know, Michael Keane, a player I actually rate quite highly, uh, although he has dropped off like a lot of people who've joined Everton. Um, uh, he has dropped off, but he was, you know, he was he was way off being in the right position to stop Gay getting to that ball. And, you know, he's not he's not massively tall, Mark Gay. He's got you know, enough height to play centre-back, but when you look at some of the, the other uh, centre-backs at the top level, you know, he doesn't doesn't quite have that same towering presence, but that strength and, and the leap is just superb, and that's why he's so good where he is. Um, and, a, and a really fantastic decif- decisive header into the nets and uh, a very pleasing Nick, I imagine. Uh, it well did. We went a bit do Lally in the Homesdale. Um, I've got a mm. shout out actually just to go back in time to the start of the game. The display from uh, the HF, I was underneath it, so I didn't actually see what it was until after the game. Very good considering they only did it in a couple of days. And I know that um, if you look on social media or on Twitter and elsewhere, they're actually setting up funding for a Webley display. So if you're willing to help Palace look brilliant across the world again, uh, I'd search that out and, and give a couple of quid. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's always something to be proud of, but if you can contribute as well, that's, uh, that's the, the main thing really. Cause um, it's all very well basking in the glory of our fans. Um, but if, yeah, if you can do something to help it, it's even better in it. But um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for that, Nick. Um, you know, I, I suppose, I mean, what we haven't mentioned, um, you know, was, you know, Mark Gay at the very start nearly giving away a, a penalty, but got a little fortunate that the, the touch wasn't a little heavier um, from, who did he fail now? Charleston, was it? Charleston, yeah. He was offside anyway. His touch was a little, 
he was yeah, but his touch was a little was a little light, and you know we could have we could have seen um could have seen something go wrong there. Um, and they had a couple of other little opportunities, um, but you know there was the, the chance of the back post and things like that. But we had grown into the game by that point, and um, and going one 0 up was well deserved. And the second goal is, you know, sorry, I mean obviously not average in any way and it followed some really interesting play because we'd had um you know you'd seen Zaha uh, you know doing some proper striker work which I love to see him do um he'd got across the near post and flashed a shot just the wrong side of the post um and yeah, really, some really really good runs in channels that yeah really good he really pulled yes, it out of the yeah. bag because it was going out I, I don't know how he got to that but you know that that's Sorry, adding another dimension to Pateta's game that we haven't really seen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting better all the time. You know, he really is because he's, you know, he's a little. It's hard to say. It's, he looks a little unconventional at times, but you know, obviously, I'm sure you've all seen the step over video that the club produced, <laughs> which um, which just 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 killed me and, um, and several of the, the playing staff as well, by the way. Um, but that was, um, but he, you know, he is a little unconventional. But the way he runs channels, his positioning, his you know pace and power is really having a, a really good impact, and that's why he's the one who's being picked to play centrally ahead of Edward and, and Benteke, who are arguably better players. They're just not as effective as him. Um, at the moment, so you know, long may that continue. But you know, the the goal came from you know a good bit of hold up play from Wilf, which again, not something anyone would ever comment on. He'd ever get credit on, but he did it. You know, the ball went up to him. He he held a couple of players off, knocked it back to Eze. Eze's fantastic ball down the left hand side, um, and then a great cutback from Zaha. You know, the perfect ball, the absolute perfect cross in that situation, and Mateta's finish doesn't think about it. You know, that's a player playing with confidence. Um, and, you know, you, you talked about him a bit there, Nick. And, and, you know, when you see Mateta at Selhurst striking the ball first time like that and, and smashing it home, you know, it, it kind of makes a mockery of, of him being, you know, should we say a figure of fun not that long ago. But, well, that's the thing. We hadn't really seen him, had we? That was the thing. Mm. He scored that excellent goal against Brighton. Then he kind of got forgotten. We thought he got forgotten because perhaps he wasn't very good. But what did he score in the Bundesliga for Mainz? Was it 13 in one season? That's why we signed him. He obviously knows where yeah. the goal is. So we're actually finally seeing it. So, you know, I was talking to somebody at half time and they said he's that far away from you thinking he's absolutely crap. But he's not. There's just something about him. But like you said, he's ungangly, he's top heavy, but he's got an instinct for goal and that's what you need. What are you making of him these days, Patrick? I'm a massive fan of his. Um, I was when he first came here. You know, watched him a little bit because they get we got a lot of German football over here. Um, was very upset that after he scored the great goal, you know, caught here a goal against Brighton. We never saw him again. Um, I think maybe they see him at Leeds. Maybe I can't remember. You know, I just it was just mm-hmm. last year was just a joke, and he didn't even get a chance. But no, I mean, you know, what I like about Vieira is that the way he. Um, nurtures players the right way and gets them ready to play. Like we didn't, I remember in the beginning, we said Hughes, Vincent Hughes for a long time. Why isn't Hughes playing? Why, and all of a sudden, Hughes plays, plays great. Where's Eze? Where's Eze? Uh, well, he's okay. Mateta, what you know? Where's Mateta? Blah blah. blah. And then now, because for, for, for me, he's definitely for this system we're playing right now. He's the best player for that system. The way he runs the channels, he's finishing. 
Um, the way he helps with the press, triggers the press and helps with, I don't know if you remember yesterday, Gallagher was waving him and Zaha up to go, you know, help press at one point, Everton. Yeah. The way he presses is great. And, um, you know, not that Edward isn't technically a better striker of the ball or best striker finisher, but where we're playing now next year, honestly, we might go a different way. We might not have Gallagher to maybe change to maybe a 4 4 2 or whatever, a 4 2 3 1 more. Maybe Edward plays more. But right now, you got to give Vieira credit. He's seen something in Mateta that we're all starting to see now, and he's playing really well. And I'm really happy because, again, I really, I always hate when players are written off before we get a chance to see him. I mean, that was a typical, mm. you know, we've done that. We did that a lot of our players. We actually never did get to see properly, you know, guys like um, Camarasa, who <laughs> we never got to see play at all. So I'm glad he's doing yeah. well. Good for him. Happy for him. No, exactly. And I think early on um, this season, you know, he got, he got quite an early opportunity, didn't he? And, and he just wasn't there. He just wasn't really at the races in, right. in, in one of the early matches. And I kind of thought that was his opportunity. I thought he's just, you know, he had a chance with a new manager, you know, and a team that's playing well. He had an opportunity to come in and do something. And it just didn't look like he had the work ethic. You know, that the stuff that he's doing now that you're talking about, of him leading the press as a striker, I think at some point that's clicked for him. And I'm not saying he's probably done that before, but I think coming to Palace, you know, he kind of seemed to rock up and just think, well, I'm the number, I'm I'm the number nine here. I'm, you know, I'm going to be, a, I'm the striker. I'm going to score the goals. I'm going to kick the corner flag. And I think the the speed of the division probably caught him out a little bit um, because it's very, very hard. You cannot coast really in, 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 a, in any team in the Premier League. You just can't coast along at your own pace and do your own thing without being rapidly found out. So I just think it took him a little while to get to that point. And now, you know, as Patrick has just said, you, you're seeing a player who is, you know, he's, he's the, he's the first one to, to chase something down. He's the first one to put the effort in. He will run those channels all day and stretch defenses. And all of a sudden it, it just makes such a big difference. On the subject of work ethic, uh, I watched the game back yesterday, but, but Will said to me, watch Gallagher just for five minutes. And he appears in places you wouldn't expect him to because he was the other mm-hmm. side of the pitch seconds before. He does not stop running. I know the Man City game, he said he had no legs because uh, he ran 12.5 kilometres uh, yeah. in the interview afterwards. But he was everywhere. Eze was everywhere. And the other thing I noticed when I watched the game back, I kind of noticed it when I watched the game live anyway, but how comfortable... Mm our players are on the ball and how skillful some of them are. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just about Wilf now. Some of the little shimmies and shoulder drops and moves past players that Eze did, the way that Elise glides past players. I mean, how many players have we got now that have got the skill to do that? We are oh, so blessed. Um... And I said to the bloke next to me, and I mentioned this to Patrick on Patrick's uh, post-match show on Sunday after the game, which is well worth well worth watching it if you haven't seen it on YouTube. It certainly is. Big up Thank there, you. Patrick. You can pay Thank me you. later. Thank is you. Thank you. We are actually enjoying going to watch Palace again. It was a chore before, but I will. He used to, I used to have to drag him out of bed to go to football, but now I say, Will, we're going in half an hour. It is up. He wants to go and watch it. And I'm the same. It used to be a real, real chore. And no, we can't wait. Can't wait to get back. Can't wait for the next game because it truly is enjoyable. Yeah, Nick, great point. First, it wasn't a chore. It was torture. 
last year and a half. It was, it was, it was yeah. hey, listen, do a watch on me and uh, me, D and Hammer last year. You know what torture was on Mike? It was awful. And well, then I, I did it with, I did it with, yeah, I did a yeah. couple. I know what yeah. it was like. They were awful. And then the other, the other thing you make a very good point is that the level of player. Now I watched a post match with Wolf. That's something Wolf has picked out because you're right. Whenever you saw a Palace play, it was, you know, it was Wilf with the skill, but you're, you're absolutely right. The skill level has gone so high. Olise's is, is, is very high. Um, Gallagher's skill level is very high. Mateta's underrated, very high. Edward's first touch is brilliant. It really is. He's got a very lot of skill. Eze, we know about him. You go to the back four, and Gehi and Anderson are very, very good. They wouldn't be in the back four if they couldn't play. So you're absolutely right. That's a big difference between Palace of last year or the season before and now. A lot of players have a lot of skill. Hughes has got a lot of skill. Maka underrated skill ability so and he raised the level of everybody and he, like i said wolf has noticed it and likes it and i think that's made us a much 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 better team for sure and yeah it's um i, I you know it is it is weird and you when you actually listen to what you were saying there nick it, it, it almost made me laugh a little bit because you just you know effectively what you're talking about is having a good football team um, yeah <laughs> you're going it's amazing there's the number of players exactly. you know, have, all, have all got skills it's not just Wilf and it just made me laugh because I'm like yeah because we are used to like having the well, at least we've got one player who's happy to receive the ball in any position and that's we'd, you know we've been crying out for that for years and anyone who's been a, a long-term listener of what we do will know that it's my biggest frustration being a Palace fan for years and years and years has always been I've never really, until now, and I've genuinely missed until now, even at our best when we finished third with Coppola in charge, we didn't play great football. You know, we played effective football. We played percentage football. This is this is what I've always thought, you know, I want to see from a Palace side. I just, at one point in my life, I wanted to see a Palace team that could pick the ball up with a goalkeeper, pass it around the pitch and, and you know, score a tapping up the other end with and actually mean it, <laughs> you know? We, we, um, you know, actually score a score a blinding team goal and actually mean it. And I just have been, we've been close a couple of times, but a division below, you know. That's, that's exactly the point I was going to make. When we had Zaha and Scannell and Williams and Neil Daz to some extent, and we had Ambrose and Murray in the team, we had a bloody good championship team, and they were enjoyable to yeah. watch as well. Not not just because we got promoted with them, but they were they were generally good and played well as a team. Mm. Hambo, you know what? First thing, you make a point about about the way we play. I mean, what we're doing now, we're playing modern football. We're playing the way that teams like we're not we're not Man City, we're not Liverpool, not Chelsea. We're trying to play like them. We have ball playing defenders. We have guys that can, you know, skill play fails and carry the ball, which is very important. Remember last year, we'd always say one thing. Well, as I said during the watch-alongs, we need Will to be in a game because he's our ball carrier. You know, we've got to get us up the field. Not anymore. Because now we keep the ball in the back, we can play it around the back, you can get it into Gallagher, get it into Eze, get it into Hughes, and then get the ball forward to Mateta, Edward, Zaha, Elise. It's so much different. And not having to rely on one player, I don't care what his name is, like last year it was Wolf Zaha, it could have been anybody, but not having that makes you a team. And you're right. Much more enjoyable to watch, and it's modern football. Everyone else is doing across the league. We can now compete more. That's why we can hold City to nil-nil on Monday, whereas... Last year, not that we, we of course beaten, we've beaten in the past, but you can hold them, play that defensive very, but also create chances, knowing that you know what, on an on an off day, you can beat them two 0 away. At, you know, so it's great to watch. It really is. Mm. It is, and um, you know, I think we'll, we'll talk about the the. We've got to talk about the third goal <laughs> because 
that the is matrix the goal. weirdest. The matrix glitch. The matrix goal. Yeah. The glitchiest <laughs> goal you'll ever see in your life. The oh my god, what has FIFA done now? Because um, <laughs> it, you know, the cameras panned away. You know, watching at home, the cameras panned away. The commentators are talking about Elise's miss because it looks like he's fired it into the back of the stands, and they're like, "Oh, hang on." <laughs> Wolf tapped it in. It, it is yeah. absolutely bizarre. And the more you watch it, the more you just think. Well, I mean, you start looking at the movement of Jordan Pickford. He doesn't know what the hell has happened. He's he's jumped up in the in the air. He's sort of got. He's he's jumped his hand. He's look. You know, he's basically looking for where it's going in the stands. But um, I don't know how. I mean, I just don't know how he's done it. it it's a it's a baffling thing. We, uh, I had to put ITV on my uh, phone just to watch the replay because everybody had gone, oh, put their head in their hands or look down when Elise missed. And then you look up and Wolf's got the ball at his feet and you're thinking, oh, he's just going to kick it back to the keeper because it's gone out. But he's not, mm-hmm. he's put it in the goal. And then every, the only people who've actually cheered are the people at the Saints present because everybody else in the ground is, is, um, just baffled. And when I've watched it back, you remember those balls you used to buy, those red footballs that were one ninety nine? Really, really <laughs> light. Yeah. And you kicked yeah. them they could go anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. Um, and it looked like he shot with one of them balls. Yeah. Because <laughs> they made such a satisfying little pig noise, didn't they? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like, yeah, you've no idea where they're going. You know, that's why they were so cheap, because you'd have to buy five or six. Yeah. Do you know what's funny about that? They were made by Wembley. There you go. There you go. And there you go. It's almost as if it's meant to be. But what on earth Elisa did to make the ball do that, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it had gone in, it would have been even more baffling. But there you go. It's um, it was a it was a average. very odd situation. Average goal. Um, yeah, average. <laughs> average goal. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry, Frank. Frank. Yeah, yeah. Average, average. average goal. Next goal. Next goal was. Uh, oh, that was what he said was think... fluke. Sorry. That was so a fluky goal, then, right? Um, Second goal was, was average, fluke, yeah. and the last yeah. goal was also yeah. average goal. Yeah, I'm just, um, I'm just. I mean, I think we should talk about. I mean, I don't. I spent too much time talking about it because it, it was an average goal, um, <laughs> where uh, where where Hughes has finished it because it's just average the way he's finished it, of course. Uh, and the build up to it, where you know we break down the wing and you know a fantastic ball across the box, but Gallagher's picked it up and had a, had a brilliant. Sh- sorry, an average, average shot, shot. An average yeah, shot. Shot. average save from Jordan Pickford, uh, unable to hold the ball because it's average, uh, and then averagely um, onside, Will Hughes for his first Palace goal, and that was nice to see, wasn't it? It was, it was. Again, yeah. that was a kind of FIFA esque kind of sweat. He was, you know, we've seen lots of goals on FIFA like that where the keeper makes a brilliant <laughs> save and there's a bloke on his own there. Average save, please. But I think average it just save. shows the Everton defence below average. They're, yeah, well, exactly. They must be. They're awful. <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, I know they have injuries. Jeremy is not in the side, but honestly, I know you talked about Michael Keane earlier. He's regressed a lot. Um, Hambo, Mason Holgate, rubbish. I don't know why they don't try Jared Branthwaite, who's actually very good in Football Manager 21, by the mm. way, if anybody knows. <laughs> but, um, okay. in real life. But, um, yeah, but, again, I was, you know, Hughes I love because, you know, you know if, I, if you watch any of those, you know, the, the training videos, he's a, he is a character and a half. And then even after the goal, he's making that little jiggy little th- motion as he scored his first goal. I mean, Hughes is great. I love him. He's a great character to have in the team. And he's actually a very good player. So, love that for him yesterday. Yeah. Excellent stuff. Well, I mean, that was that was the fourth goal. Um, it, as a performance, it was it was 
very very good and i really do like it when you when you stumble upon comments on twitter from you know some some everton fans included in this who are just saying well you know let's let's just hope palace go and win the cup now because you know proper team proper fans play great football you know and to to see neutrals and, and opposition fans talking about your team in that way rather than you know, either plucky Palace or lucky Palace or don't you just hate Palace, think they're better than they are, all that kind of stuff. It's really nice to see, you know, some some an outpouring, if you like, of, of positivity in our direction. Yeah. Which is rich, richly deserved. Because taking over from Orient as everybody's second favourite team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What was uh, striking, though, was uh, Palace fans were singing to Everton, how they go, the Everton fans, how they're going down, how crap they are. And the Everton fans just stood there and went, yeah. <laughs> and no comeback. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Absolutely no comeback whatsoever. Yeah. Sad times. Well, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because if you make that decision to um, to replace um, Rafa Benitez with Frank Lampard, um, you know, it does feel like you're pinpointing the wrong problem, doesn't it? Actually, if you um, hire... Benitez in the first place, knowing his Liverpool connections, and then you hire Frank Lampard. You mean? Yeah, no, I suppose. I suppose so, yeah, you can say it like yeah. that as well. But, um, yeah, no, good point, good point. But you know, I mean, I know who I would pick of the two managers. Oh, definitely, definitely, well. definitely. I don't yeah, think whether, whether ever I've actually been out of the top division in my lifetime, which would be really weird if I go down. One were of the few that have been you, there all the time. Were you born in the fifties? Then I was born in the 60s. Right, as I was. So, yeah, you're right. We've not, neither one of us have seen him in the lower division, which is amazing. I've seen, I've seen United, Chelsea, Tottenham, West Ham, yep. big club, Leeds, all of those I've seen in the second or lower division. Tot- yeah, yeah, I mentioned them. Yeah, I remember his Palace Tottenham in, in division too. Yeah, yeah, so you're right. But never Everton. It's just amazing. Man City, obviously, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're right. Never seen Everton below top division in my life. And I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm feeling it. pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good about this podcast. As one for once, oh, I'm no doubt, not, and it's not close. <laughs> can, we, uh, yeah, it's not. can we give a special shout out to Nathaniel Klein, who I thought was excellent and oh, almost as good as he used to be when he first played for us? Um, confident, his overlapping runs for Elise. Okay, Elise didn't pass him that often, but he was drawing the players out, exactly. uh, making space. Uh, a lot of confidence. He looks like he's enjoying the games, and he's so quiet and unassuming, isn't he? Mm. Yeah, give, give him another couple of years based on based on the last few weeks. Honestly, he's he's had enough games in a row, I think, and he's played enough football now that it's starting to come back for him that that kind of rhythm and that confidence and that belief. Because he kind of thought he was a bit shot, you know, and he was right. going to be a standing, and that was the best you're going to get from him. Well, when you but, bear in mind the last we saw of him was being ripped to Numa by Wilf when he was playing for Bournemouth. Yeah, you know. exactly. It was it was it was a shadow of him for myself, and it was horrible to see. Um, so, you know, respect to Wardy and all that, but but Klein, you know, it, we we all know that a, a you know a Klein at the top of his powers versus Ward top of his powers, Klein is the better player, right? You know, I don't think it's a horrible thing to say. I think it's just true. Um, um, and this. You know, resurgence incline. Um, it means Ward's going to have to find something a little bit extra, I think, because it's just brilliant to watch. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. What do you think, Patrick? No, I think you're right. I mean, I've I've defended Ward a lot uh, during the season. I think he hasn't been as bad. You know, what happened is when he's really, really, when he's not great, 
people have pretty much said, oh, he's really terrible, which is not true. I'm a big client fan. I'm glad he's doing well. What I also want to add, though, I like about the client resurgence is the, the lack of talk about Nathaniel, Nathan Ferguson, because it was a real shame that he could get injured again. And people were really going into his case, oh, we should just release him now. And how can he not be? So at I least like it that. takes pressure off of him not having to. I'm not saying he's trying to rush back. The injuries he's had have been absolutely awful. But at least we're clearly doing so well. That right-back issue is not an issue, at least not for this season. I'm with you. I'd sign him for next season, um, just as a backup, possibly. Hopefully Ferguson's okay. But at least if he's not, Klein turns 31 next month in April. So that's not – it's certainly not old. So he could definitely play another year in the Premier League. So is that all be, he is? Yeah, 31. 31 yeah, he's been there for so long, it seems he's older. Exactly, he has been since he was like seventeen. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, and th- yeah, thinking about that as well, you, um, you know, and the kind of last point I want to I want to make um, for the podcast this week, and that it's um, you know, you think about how long Klein's been about, um, you know, obviously went and played at other clubs as as Wilfred did, but you know, think about Wilf, who's always seen himself as a forward. Right. Um, finally, playing in a team where he can play as a forward because he's not being asked to do, uh, you know, a, first of all, a protective defensive job, right. job on the left wing. He's not being asked to, um, you know, beat twelve players. He's not being asked to, you know, carry a team. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's double figures for goals. Uh, I think it's ten goals now, isn't yep. it? And in all competitions, couple yep. of assists. But he's, he's, you know, he's. You know he's he's our top scorer ahead of Gallagher, but you start to look at the the goals and assists across the team, um, which I've just brought up on the screen now. So yeah, Zaha with ten and two assists, Gallagher eight goals, five assists, <laughs> Edward six goals, three assists, Mateta five goals, one assist, uh, Elise four goals, eight assists, wow, uh, and Take four goals, one assist. Right. You get that. Uh, Gurry's, uh, Mark Gay, sorry, I said, I said it with commentator way there. Gurry. Um, really annoying, <laughs> yeah. Gurry. But Mark, Mark Gay has got um, four goals. Uh, Jeff has got three and an assist. Um, and even Ayu's got a goal and, an, and three assists three in assists, there as yeah. well. So, yeah. And there's there's more below that. But you start, but you look at that, that cluster all the way from, you know, one to eight, um, including, in, including Schlupp. And you've got, you know, goals spread around the team and yep. assist spread around the team like you've never seen it yep. at a Palace team. Mm. And Wilf must be kicking himself that it's taken you know, the best part of <laughs> <He's all Korean. laughs> uh, 11, 12 years to finally be in a Palace team that can support that uh, at top level. But, you know, it's it's it, that really shows you where we are. If you want any kind of an indication of the progress that we've made, uh, in terms of the squad that we've built, um, but the way that we play football now, it's that. It's it's how well spread the goals are and how much this team, it goes back to the point you made, Nick, that this team is a proper team now. Sorry, Patrick. No, no. Um, you know, I, I am, I'm really excited that we're in the semi-finals and even though I'm, I'm really, I, I don't, I mean, you couldn't get a harder route now from the finals if we get past Chelsea to have to play City or Liverpool. But I want to say this. If we win this cup for Wolf, I will be I will be beyond happy. He so deserves not only a, an FA Cup medal, a winning goal, and chance to play in Europe. Because the kid, yeah, he left us to go United. I mean, you know, that's a no-brainer. It didn't work out for him. But of all the players on his current team, he just really deserves a chance to, one, lift that cup, 
for Palace first time ever. And also to get into Europe, you know, and, and to play against them, whether it's you know, Europa League, whatever it is, to get, he just deserves it. And I really hope for him, if no one else, we can do it this year. I really do. I'm really hoping for him. Do you know he deserves a cup win more than anybody else? Me? Us fans. <laughs> yeah, us, <laughs> yes. Too long. I mean, I was, I was uh, going to make the point that the last two games, fans have stayed behind 10 minutes after the game applauding and cheering the brilliant, performance. Brilliant. Uh, players have taken a long time to come off the pitch. Right. Uh, simply because they're taking the plaudits from the crowd. Uh, quite deserved. Um, you, you mentioned Chelsea, Patrick. I just want to mention uh, something that Richard Evans said on our Facebook page. Um, okay. Must be a big disappointment to Gallagher that he can't play in the semi at Wembley. Well, we don't think, think he can. We were discussing this before. We right. we just don't know if he gets down to Chelsea. Unless we can find a way past Chelsea, in which case he could be in the final. Do the panel think that we have a reasonable chance against Chelsea now that we have many very good players? That was Richard Evans. So, so, so I'll start. I actually think that despite the first game was a was an aberration because it was the first game of the season. We didn't have anything in place as far as players. You know, uh, Anderson didn't play, etc. Mateta played his first game. The second game now, we only lost by a goal. Now, we didn't play great in that game, but I think of the three teams left, even though we've gotten the points off of City, I think Chelsea's probably honestly the best matchup. Yeah, they've got some great players. Thiago Silva is a Rolls Royce of a defender. Lukaku, though, Lukaku last time did not play well against us. If we can stop Lukaku from scoring, I think we have a chance against Chelsea. I really, really do. I mean, and plus we haven't beaten them. Anybody remind me when the last time we beat them was? Was it 2018? Benteke goal, I guess it was. The goal. Yeah, yeah, it was Zaha and Benteke. Right. It's been a while, it? right. So we owe them. I mean, they're very good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they won, you know, European champions. But I think that's the one team, I think, of the three that in a semi, I'd rather play them than Liverpool or City. Because, again, the City thing has been, to me, it's been great, but it's, it's going to end at some point. Liverpool is very, very, very good. As much as I hate to stay, forwards are ridiculous. But I think Chelsea's the one team I think we've got a chance against. Even if it goes to, God forbid, penalties, they put in um, the second goalie again, that would be great. And we can score against him and beat them. I think we can uh, we could just roll out the cliches, can't we? Just say, you know, the, the cups the cups a lottery. Right. Uh, they're just these one off games. You never know. Magic of the FA Cup. Right. Um, I don't know how. What have I missed any, Nick? Um, no, not I can think of. I've just got an image of party dancing in my head, which I wish would go oh, away. Okay. Well, look, we just um, well, we need to put that to bed, don't we? And <laughs> please um, do. God, I still see that in my nightmares. You know, look, we've. I I I think. It's, they say it's always the hope that kills you, but you know we've we've got we haven't got that this time. Where I you look at it and you think, you know, if a Middlesbrough or a Forest had got through, and or both, you know, and right. you're looking at we maybe looking got, got a semi final against Borough, and yep. you're looking at the other game, and it's I don't know City versus Forest or whatever, and you're thinking, oh, our names on the cup this year <laughs> and things like that. Right. You, you can get too much, you can get way too invested in it. You know, we're in a we're in a cup semi final where you know, three of the, the three best teams in Europe, the basically. Three, yeah, three best teams in England and Europe, and us. <laughs> it's so, we're, so we're the fourth best team in England and Europe, by my reckoning. Uh, exactly, that, at that's least. How I'm going to see it. <laughs> so, at least. So we'll just we'll just accept that we are where we are. Yeah. Uh, it's a sign of tremendous progress. We get a, a trip to Wembley, which, frankly, I can't wait for. I'm, I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> Let's go. Love um, it. Love it. And then, um, and I'm just, you know, it's. 
you know, let's just enjoy that and see where we go. But absolutely, to answer that 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 question in a fairly long-winded way, yeah, we look, we have a chance. You know, when you start thinking about we don't have Gallagher, we you know, we, that's a little bit of an insight into next season when likely not to have Gallagher next season, right. um, whether he whether he's at Chelsea or not, because <laughs> you know, this is a an England international who's absolutely stormed the Premier League this year, so. If they don't want him, there's going to be more than Palace that do. And, you you know, all you can do is hope that something somehow happens and, you know, he's a Palace player. But, you know, we have to look at what we're going to do instead. And Eze, you know, will be one of the people we look to, to, to kind of fill the void of, of Gallagher going. I think what you've got to think about there, though, is Gallagher is now in the England team. Unless he can have a guarantee that he's going to be playing for Chelsea regularly, he might drop off the oh, no, of course, radar, yeah, so you know that, I've that's seen a good thing for us. But the other thing is, is if Chelsea don't get new owners, they're going to have four hundred and fifty mm. players come back off loan, <laughs> and they'll have four hundred and seventy-five players to pick a twenty-five man squad from. I mean, how are they going to do that? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's exactly it. I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure they will have new owners, and I'm sure it'll be what it'll be. But you know, you yes, absolutely. I've seen tons of articles talking about the fact that Gallagher, you know, should should. Bear in mind that being a squad player at Chelsea might not be the best for his career. Look at what happened to Loftus Cheek right. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you can, of course, absolutely as well. But you can also look at it and say what a player he is, and you know that 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 any team would be mad not to make space in their team for him on a regular basis, and that he should back his ability as well to play at the very very highest level in club football as well as internationally. So, um, and if, as I say, if Chelsea don't want him um he will he i'm sure he'll have opportunities that people throwing some real money about and um but you know you li- we live in hope there but um look i think we'll have to end it there um we've hit the hour mark and um that, that's more than enough especially <laughs> if we didn't have any kind of show preparational plan <laughs> this week so we're we're amazing um yes but we best uh we best stop there so thank you to everybody who got in touch um Clearly, we didn't write anything down, but we did read everything. So um, I made Nick read everything. That's essentially what happened there. Um, uh, I was going to thank thank somebody for producing, but at the moment it's me. I don't know who is going to produce. I'm the one who recorded it. So thank you to me. Uh, thank you to Nick and Patrick for joining me. Of course, you um, you listening at home. And um, yeah, I think we'll have a preview some point in the week. We international. We've got a week oh, off. No, of We've got some well-deserved yeah, time off. off. Which can... is good. Terence has, has got a baby, isn't it? Yeah. I need to go out and do some work somewhere else because we've got so much Billy matches coming up, I don't know how we're going to afford it. Custody <laughs> <laughs> fortune. Is... Yeah, well, tell me that. It's been, a, it's been a few years since I did what you did and go um, Every game. home and away and everything. But it's it just, yeah, you need a lot of, you know, a lot of time and a lot of money and really strong liver. Anyway, yes. I was saying bye <laughs> to everybody. So, um, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back very, very soon. And, um, yeah, just bask in the glory of another wonderful victory. And uh, screw it. Our name's on the cup and we're going to Europe. Hey. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.